Let's begin our worship with singing, shall we? Would you stand and One, sing with two, us, please? Three, four. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you, I lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Born out your power and love. We sing holy, 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 I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Of my heart, I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see reading today is Psalm 30. A psalm, a song at the dedication of the house of David. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. 
O oh Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his per. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you will bow your heads in prayer, please. Loving God, we gather today to praise you, to tell of your love, and to give you thanks. We thank you especially this morning for the blessings of life and our duty in it. Open our hearts and our understanding today as we listen to and meditate upon your scripture. Teach us to hear your voice when you speak. Give us patience that we may wait on you. Fill us with your love and grace as we celebrate communion this day. May we leave here reflecting your light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Good morning. It's good to see all of y'all here on the 1st of May. You know, it's not often we get to start our worship on the first day of the month. So I'm going to capitalize on this opportunity and use it as a teaching moment, hopefully. This month's homework is Leviticus chapter 19, verses 1 through 4, and then verses 9 through 18. So, if you want to hunt that up in your pew Bible, consider the word of the Lord. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall each revere your mother and father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make cast images for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare or gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. And you shall not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not defraud your neighbor. You shall not steal. You shall not keep for yourself the wages of a laborer until morning. You shall not revile the death or put a stumbling block before the blind. You shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. The word of the Lord. Our next non-VBS event that's happening this year is our health fair that's coming up on May 14th. It is intergenerational. It's for everyone. It's open to the community. Um, we will have a time of dinner. We'll have a time of worship. And we will have time for you to um, explore what it means to be well in your body, your mind, and your soul with the uh, ex expertise that we have coming. And Pastor Jim has actually already lined up 
quite a few people for this. He's more health-minded than I am. He's the expert. But we are looking for more experts to join in the health fair. So if you have a background in fitness, if you have a background in nutrition, if you have a background in health and health care and would like to provide an informational table and answer questions for people, we have a sign-up sheet out on, I believe it's the table, not the Welcome Center. Um, or you could come talk to me about what we're looking for for that. We would love to have you. And while the grown-ups are going to be doing that stuff, we want to make sure that the kids are there and they're having fun too. So we'll have a field day event happening for the children outside. And they're going to be doing all sorts of crazy school field day stuff like potato sack races and three-legged races and whatever else I come up with. And it might involve jello. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> We'll figure it out. But it's, it's going to be a great afternoon of worship and fun and fellowship together, all focused on what it means to be well and um, how to balance being well in today's world. That is from 4 to 8 p.m. on the 14th, and I hope you all will join us. We have a campfire worship that will be the next night, the 15th at 6 p.m., and it will also be focused on being well according to our faith. And I hope everybody will come out to that. Dinner's provided at both. I love to feed you, so come on out, and you don't have to cook dinner. I think I had another announcement, but I forgot it. So we'll invite the kids forward. Y'all lucked out. Sunday school, that's right. Thank you, Pastor. We will be starting the Coffee Kids in Life Sunday school class back up on June 5th. So if you are a parent or are raising a child or have some wisdom to pass on to parents who are raising children currently, we would love to have you join that class. It'll be held in the room right next to the kids' classroom. All of the numbers and names are different, and they keep changing. So we'll say that right next to the kids' classroom. And it will be sort of group-led, but that's starting June 5th at the Sunday School Hour. All right, my kiddos, I have questions for you. Are you guys ready for this? We had a time where you felt like you just, you're not enough. Like you just, you can't get something right. Like no matter what you do, it's just, it's not working. Maybe it's trying something in sports. Maybe it's understanding something in school. You just, you can't get it done, right? You can't do it right. I know I had that a lot growing up when I was um, in my social group of friends. I felt like no matter what I did, I just didn't fit in the way everybody else fit in. And I always felt like I was wrong for some reason. Have you guys ever felt that way? Or maybe, maybe that's not your problem. Maybe you fall into the trap that a lot of people fall into. And I'm sure some of the grown-ups out there might know this trap. We like rules, right? It might not seem like it, but everybody likes rules. Rules tell you exactly what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. Ruby's like, no, I hate rules. I don't like them at all. We, people like rules. They tell you what's safe and what's not safe, right? But there's a danger in rules when you get so focused on one rule that you forget everything else. And we can do that as people. We can especially do that as followers of Jesus. We get so focused on that one rule that we start attacking everybody who's not following that rule the way we think we should follow it, right? The internet has especially made this easy to do. We can pull out our digital soapbox, and we can get on there, and we can yell at anybody we want to on the internet, and there's no repercussions. And anybody and everybody who's not following that rule is wrong, and I am right. That's what you call sitting on your high horse. In my life, I have sat on a high horse, a very high horse, and let me tell you, when you fall off that horse, it hurts. When you realize suddenly that you were wrong, that you had made a mistake, that in looking at this one particular thing, you missed out on the rest of what's happening around you, it's not so much fun when you're in that situation, right? You realize, oh my goodness, I wasn't doing good. 
in following that role so closely the way I thought I should. I wasn't doing good because I was forgetting all the other rules I was supposed to follow. And in those moments, it can, be, it can feel like we're not worth a whole lot. It can feel like we've really screwed up and we're done, right? Who would want to deal with me now? Who's going to accept me and love me now? If I was that terrible, if I was that mean. But we're going to learn about this guy today. He's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. He starts off with the name Saul. And Saul is the absolute last person you would expect to play for Team Jesus. He made it his passion and his mission to persecute people who followed Jesus. It wasn't just his job. It was almost like he took pleasure in finding Christians and putting them in jail so that they could be imprisoned or that they could be killed or tortured because they were breaking that one rule that Saul was focused on. And God looked down at Saul, and he saw Saul's passion. He saw Saul's heart, and he said, I can use this. And Jesus called Saul out by name. In fact, Saul was on his way. He asked to go to a specific city to imprison Christians. And he's on his way to do that. When Jesus blinds him on the road and calls out to him, Saul, why are you doing this? Why? Why are you persecuting me? And Saul says, who are you? He says, I'm Jesus. I'm the one that you should be following And he does this with this massive bright light. Saul's blinded for three days before his sight is restored. And when his sight is finally restored, Saul realizes that he was completely and totally wrong in what he was doing. He was so focused on that one rule, he was breaking a bunch of others, right? He got tunnel vision. And he turned his life around. He said, Jesus, you're absolutely right. I was wrong. I'm going to follow you. He changed his name to Paul. And he becomes one of the biggest founders of the church. He's one of the reasons we are all sitting here today. So when you guys go through life and you find out that you have fallen off that high horse, or when you're trying and trying and trying to do something and you feel like you're just not good enough, I want you guys to remember my friend Saul. Because if Saul could be called by name to serve in God's kingdom, every single one of us can be too. Will you all pray with me? Let's bow our heads, fold our hands, close our eyes, and say, Dear Jesus, When we feel like we aren't enough, help us to remember that everyone can share your great love. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to exit out the side for Spark Worship. Please stand if you're able and join me in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. So this morning, as Jesse pointed out in the children's service, the subject is the conversion of Saul. 
who, as we know, became Paul, as we will even read here in a minute. But what I want us to think about this morning is listening to the Lord and the tradition of listening to the Lord that we are taught throughout the Bible. We talk a lot about prayer. We talk to God when we pray. But not that often do you hear people saying, God talked to me. In fact, sometimes we are skeptical of those people when they say, God told me to do such and such, right? But God speaks to all of us, and God speaks to us often. The question is whether or not we're listening, right? That's the main question. And remember, our Jewish brothers and sisters, you know, the probably the, the probably I wouldn't I wouldn't argue this with rabbis or anything, but the greatest scripture for them is starts there at Deuteronomy six four, right? Here, it's called the Shema, right? It's called the Shema because Hebrew for here is Shemar. Okay, so so it's called the Shema, and it starts here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one, the Lord alone. And you should have no other gods before the Lord. And you should love the Lord with what? All your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, right? It has to do with hearing the Lord. Now, good old Paul, who got up every morning and said the Shema, I believe that with all my heart, uh, very faithfully. I mean, he was, a, he was a disciple of Gamaliel. He was, as in his own words, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. So I'm sure he washed his hands before dinner. And I'm sure he did a lot of things that good Pharisees do. I'm sure he did probably all the things that good Pharisees do. But he didn't think that Jesus was the Messiah at first. But, of course, as, as Paul tells us and as Isaiah tells us, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, some sooner, some later. So Paul happened, Saul, I should say, to be accurate, Saul is at the stoning of Stephen. Right? Saul witnesses Stephen being stoned. And I hope none of you have ever witnessed anybody being stoned, but think about it. Think about that. Throwing rocks at somebody until they're dead. That's pretty, that's pretty severe. And Paul is there, Saul is there, and then after, after he sees Stephen, who sees into heaven and asks for forgiveness for those that are chunking the rocks at him, goes to the council in Jerusalem and asks to get credentials to go out and hunt down Christians and round them up, 
bring them bound to Jerusalem, right? So they too can suffer a similar fate as Stephen or just be locked up, right? This is the character that's doing this. This is who's doing this, right? And he's on his way to Damascus to round up some more of these rascals that are following the way, which it was referred to then, right? Nobody called them Christians yet. Consider the word of the Lord. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He answered, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. Wow, there's a sermon topic, isn't there? Though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel, 
I myself will show him how he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, whom appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. So, the Lord speaks to Saul, and he falls down on the ground listening, right? Not a bad thing to do. The same thing Ezekiel did, by the way. When God speaks to us, it's because he wants us to live. He wants us and those around us to live. That's why he speaks to us. That's why he chose Saul. He knew Saul was a well-educated, smart, devout. Saul was, Saul, like I said, he was a devout Jew. He was a devout Pharisee. And God chose him to speak the words of life to others. Now, this has been God's habit from the beginning, right? He told, he told Adam, what? You can eat from all these trees but this one. Because if you eat from the, the wrong one, what? You're going to die. God spoke to Noah to keep life going, right? He said, Noah, build an ark. And I'm going to preserve you and your family in that ark. God spoke to Abram. He said, what? Leave the land that you live in and the land of your ancestors and go to the land that I will show you. Why? So there would be life for everybody, right? For everybody. We're blessed to be a blessing. It says, the men with Saul, they heard the voice but they didn't see anything, right? They heard the voice, but they didn't see anything. Wow. Another, another common thing that we see throughout Scripture. Remember, we talked about it not too long ago because it was Transfiguration Sunday, when, when Jesus took Peter and James and John up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and Moses and Elijah showed up, and Jesus was talking to them. He said, what? There's a place there where it says Peter didn't know what to say. Wow. That's a place to underline in your Bible, right? It's in Mark chapter 9. Peter being speechless, just like these guys on the road to Damascus were speechless when they heard the voice from heaven. And then... They heard a voice from heaven, right? 
Peter, James, and John, and Jesus there. It says Moses and Elijah were gone. There was no one there, but the voice came from the cloud. And what did the voice say? This is my beloved son. Listen to him, all right? Listen to him. Hear him, okay? That's what it said. And then there's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible is John chapter 12. There are a lot of things in John chapter 12, but I just want to talk about one of them this morning. In John chapter 12, there's another place where there's a voice from heaven, where the Lord speaks from heaven. And it says that the crowd, a lot of the folks in the crowd, just heard thunder. They just heard thunder. But there was a message there that those who were tuned in heard. We hear a lot of things. And this chapter also points out that Ananias, who heard the Lord, you know, Ananias is a, from, from my reading, a model disciple. He's a believer in the Lord. He knows how to listen to the Lord, and he does what the Lord tells him. A perfect, a perfect example of a follower of Jesus. But when the Lord's talking to Ananias, what does Ananias say? Lord, I've heard that this guy's a rat fink, right? He does horrible things to people. He kills people. He locks Christians up. Friends, there's so many things, but Jesus told us what? He said we should love our enemies. We should pray for those who persecute us and despitefully use us, right? And he also told Ananias here, he said, I have chosen this person for a special task. I have chosen this. Don't listen to what everybody else says, Ananias. In other words, listen to what the Lord says. I mean, we know the cliches. And they're so, and they're they're cliches. I mean, cliches are cliches because they're true, right? You know, talk is cheap, and we hear and we hear a lot of cheap talk. And we, being egotistical, tiny people, like to talk about other people, right? And even even though, get this too, get this. Even though in this case at least a good portion of what Ananias heard was the truth, it didn't do any good in saying it. Hmm. Hmm. I think that's the better ones who say, it's good to know the truth, but sometimes you should talk about the weather. There's some things that just don't need to be repeated. But we're on safe ground always if we listen to the Lord and what the Lord says and tells us to do. Now, this morning, we're coming to the table. We're coming to the table to remember Jesus. 
and remember what Jesus did for us, to remember Jesus who said, what, I am the bread of life, who was born in a bakery, Bethlehem, and who also reminded us as Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3 reminds us, it says what? Man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord, right? By every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Or as Paul, when he got renamed here, reminded the church in Rome, Paul says, and what is it, Romans, I think it's 12.8, but it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this morning, as you come to the table, I want you to ask God for grace because grace is here. It's always at the table. And grace, again, is God doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. So this morning, I would like for us to ask God for the grace to be a follower of Jesus like Ananias was who believed in the Lord, who knew how to listen to the Lord, and who did what the Lord told him to do. Amen? Please open your hymnals to page 12. And again, if you're someone who's not normally with us for communion, we have open communion here at Lotus Hills United Methodist Church. This is not our table. This is the Lord's table, and everyone is welcome here. If you need gluten-free elements, they are available. Just ask me. Come to the station that I'm at when you come down. Christ our Lord invites to His table all who love Him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God, amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, 
We praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and the Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, and your holy church with the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of God's children, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now go in peace, and as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fast.
as strong and true. No.